So my name is Sahana. I am a Tamil, Sri Lankan, um, uh, I guess, uh, social worker and psychotherapist. And I'm, I'm a guest here today. You're a guest. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm a guest as well, because <laughs> the people I talk to kind of teach me a lot. Obviously, this is a dating centered podcast, and we like to figure out the ins and outs, the ups and downs of dating in general, no matter where you are. And I guess I'd like to lean on people's professions a little bit because sometimes that speaks towards them as a person. I'm not saying like every engineer knows how to do math because I've definitely met some who can't add up a tip at a restaurant. But I am saying that in your case, I feel like there is some sort of uh, uniqueness there, if you want to put it that way. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I am a psychotherapist. I do um, provide cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior therapy. Like essentially I work with people to figure out, to, to kind of help them with some circumstances that they might have. Um, so mental health is definitely very important to me. Um, and so I guess the relationship that has or how that's impacted something like a concept of dating or my understanding of dating and relationships yeah there's definitely a like there's definitely some kind of relationship with those two uh, domains in my life um and and it's it's helped me it, it's enhanced my perspective on people's functioning right like the the risks we take when it comes to dating or our understanding of are who we want in a partner, you definitely start appreciate, appreciating that it's there's so much more context to it. Um, and so uh, even before my training or before kind of completing my master's and, and actually starting therapy, I think I've always been fascinated by how people function um, and how and people's relationships, relationships are always something that was important to me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I've definitely come a long way after my training and start my practice um, to appreciate how complicated dating can be and, and how our decisions are, can be influenced uh, when we're picking partners or we're trying to make relationships work. Yeah. I feel like uh, you just wrote uh, a paper and that was a thesis. So congratulations, brava, for mm -hmm. sure. But you, you mentioned how complicated dating can be. Do you find that it can be complicated? I think it can be complicated depending on your expectations for yourself, right? Like each of us, I mean, I'm single and I've dabbled at, um, I've dabbled at dating and specifically in the past two, three years, uh, four years. So pandemic and then pre-pandemic. And for me, I didn't really focus on dating until after I finished school. And so when I kind of woke up and I was like, all right, like, let me try this. It, it was so different. It, it is apparently so different from what it used to be. And so it, it can be complicated on like how to even put yourself out there. I mean, we were more virtual now. Um, and just this paradox of choice, right? Like, oh, the algorithm's going to pull you thousands of people that you can just swipe on. And I mean, Hinge doesn't have the Spotify algorithm. <laughs> so I mean, your daily mixes are lit, but Hinge doesn't <laughs> do a really good job pulling. And so like me knowing again, context of how apps work. And so I'm very, I understand the paradox of choice that there isn't like thousands of people that, you know, we're, we're, we're 
in a society where we can go to a store and pick up that, like, you know, five different pairs of jeans, right? Whereas 30 years ago, like, it's just, you just wore two pairs of jeans for the entire week, right? So, you know, those well, things- uh, I do that right now. In fact, right. maybe one, one for a month. Effective way of things <laughs> that we somehow like translated into, hey, there's so much choice. And I think we all fall, for us who are dating or trying to find partners and using these new- uh, technologies to do that um it gets complicated it, it, it can be de- can be delusional sometimes and so for me it's been complicated because I know that there isn't an ample amount of choice but at the same time you know trying to convey personality and morals and values through an app or that that currents that that exchange is just hard. Like the logistics of dating, I think, get in the way as well. Complicate things. That's another layer, I would say. Yeah. So dating is complicated for a long-winded answer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I feel like um, you know, had we been on a date right now, I would have no idea what was happening. And sometimes oh. that's a great thing because yeah. it's all an adventure, anyways. I will ask you about that Rubik's Rubik's cube in the background. Can you actually solve the Rubik's cube? No, this is just an aesthetic that I'm inspiring to have. But you're actually the second person this week who has commented on it. And it's a great conversation starter. So if you're on a virtual date, having a little Rubik's Cube on the back. Well, and- the, 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 the thing is, it's almost like you're tempting me to get you to do the cue or perform oh, no, while no. we're on this. And now that you've declined, it's like you need to step alone now. Like, I don't know wait, so that would be a metric for you? Can she solve an Rubik's cube? Oh my god! While, while we're talking, even though there are crazy competitions online where people are just going whoop and it's done in like three nice. seconds. <laughs> no, it, it it is a it is a, a nice subtle thing that you could put in your background. I feel like. If you're yeah. on a virtual date, half of the battle is how you present your background. Like what's going yeah. on? Is yeah. there like a, a subtle picture you want them to hint at? Is there that? That's, that's my Kanye aesthetic. That's like Kanye with flowers. And then that's a Toronto. And then I'm obviously studious and I like candles. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> or you like, uh, you, know, perf- you know, having acts of mindfulness and meditation and all that. Exactly. I'm super with it. Going back to your line of work. Firstly, just a little bit about you, I guess. Uh, how did your parents react to you wanting to do that? To, to, to do therapy? Yeah. Um, I think, well, so I did my bachelor's in science and I focused on health studies and anthropology. So I was always very fascinated really? with people. So anthropology is like the study of, like I didn't do medical anthropology, I did cultural anthropology. So it's like studying people, cultures, how we came to be, even the idea of like medical, like you know, figuring out how do we even get this idea of, of depression? Like, what are some different things that would come into play? Like, how do we function as people, right? So I was always curious about why we are the way that we are, right? So um, naturally, they also saw that I was great at talking. So my master's in social work was something that I wanted to do, not because I wanted to be a therapist for dating advice, but more so I wanted to work with people who were suffering from, you know, mental health and with specifically in the South Asian context. I, you know, personally and professionally saw, you know, how mental health impacts different you know, cultures and stuff. So anyways, long story short, mental health was a, the perfect intersection, like the culture and, and mental health, that intersection was something that I 
kind of just fell into. So my parents were obviously supportive with whatever I wanted to do. They never really, I never said, Hey mom, I want to be like a therapist. I just kind of wanted, it was always, it just always understood that I was working with people that had mental health concerns and usually South Asian people. And that's kind of where I'm at. So it wasn't really a conversation. Do they really know the extent to the kind of sessions that I have? Probably not. And not a lot of people do just because I don't know if it would be too professional to be out here saying, Hey, my 11 o'clock did this. Right. So I don't, I don't, but they do know that it's a lot of talking that I do and they think that I'm pretty decent at it. According to your parents, you feed and clothe yourself. So that's kind of the metric that they go by. And they, they, they've accomplished their, yeah, what they set out to do. So they're good. <laughs> so, well, that's good. I mean, like, uh, you know, the, the stigma of mental health in general in our community, in every community, in a lot of communities. I, I can't act like our community is unique in that, in that aspect. Um, it's it, telling them that you're going into something like that. I, I just wanted to see if they had any inkling, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that. But it's great that they supported you. And, and yeah. it's always good to hear it when family supports you. Pivoting in a very subtle way, of course. When you're on a, a date and you mention your line of work, have you ever gotten any interesting reactions? I'm not going to say adverse, but interesting. No, I think people, because mental health is so talked about in my generation, right? So millennials and, and Gen Z. So it's kind of like, oh, cool. Like, tell me more. Because mental health, is, there's, it's not, everyone always says talk to someone. So I am someone to talk to. So it's really just kind of, they're just cool. Just like I would find someone that's doing aerospace engineering or something. I'm like, wow, that's out of this world, right? So I, I think I also provide the same dorky reaction of that's kind of cool. So well, I yeah. just think you, I think you think that those people just make spaceships or something, and that's why it's cool. Isn't it? Do they not? Hey, you aerospace uh, uh, people, you, you get at us because nobody here knows. Oh, we, we can't do math, right? I can't do math, that's for sure. So um, I feel like if I was, let's, uh, let's say this here, if I was on a date with you and you told me what you do, I would definitely start going into this mode of like, whoa, is she psychoanalyzing me right now? Is this outfit indicative of my childhood or something like that? You know, uh -huh. do, do you find that people in general do that to you when you say something about your line of work? I hope not. I don't think I'm pretty self-aware like in that I know, you know, as soon as I leave, even pre me being a therapist, I think that I was always very understanding and I always wanted to know context. Right. So, you know, therapy isn't just me sitting like there's there is there is the whole uh, psychodynamic approach where you're thinking about people's childhood and stuff like that but you're doing it with intent, right? So there's, mm -hmm. you know, interventions that you're using, like there's a treatment plan that you put in. So one session isn't going to get me to give you like a, a deep rooted childhood <laughs> trauma, right? Like it's therapy is a lot more, you, you know, it, it's a longer process than that. Right. So for me, I, I hope I, I, I'm very careful not to um, allude to me just knowing them. I, I think even at, I see people for an hour a week at tops. And so for, for anyone to think that I would know their entire lives in 50 minutes is, is wild. So I'm, I'm, no, like I hope not, but I think that there is this impression that I could, 
I mean, I think I'm a very understanding person. My personality is not to say that every therapist is going to get you in 10 minutes of talking to you. But yeah, I think that's a little bit of a taboo there. But no, therapy is a lot more extensive than just kind of, yeah, 10 minute conversation and, and, and me looking at you and be like, yeah, those are those are deep rooted childhood traumas. And this is what it is. So that's, that's not how it goes. Yeah, you picked up his uh, drink with his right hand and subtly twisted it. He is a psycho, right? Like, yeah, no, that's that's definitely an assumption, and that's that not. <laughs> I, I, I do like how you said you're quite self-aware. One of the things I find that why watching Frasier, which is a very popular old show about mm. therapy in, in general, is that he was a character that was super self-aware but had huge blinders anyway. So it's like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, exactly. and back to my experiences with dating, just because I'm yeah. a therapist doesn't mean that I'm also not, you know, that I'm not a person that's learning the algorithm and learning how to present herself. And this paradox of choice as well, right? Like, there are people that find, you know, relationships off of these apps. It's not that they don't. It's it's that idea that it, it it's also we're in this um, instant gratification culture where we want things now. And so an app creates that it's coming like, but whereas, you know, you have to stay on the app, you have to kind of be patient and not so judgmental of yourself, right? When to, to be able to tolerate the time on this app, it's like a, when a boomer says, oh, like, I don't need this technology. I don't want this. And it's kind of like, yo, no, we, we got to use the computer, man. Like, no, we're got to learn how to attach this file. Like you, we yeah, do, absolutely. you know, we don't need this tech. It, it's just no, like now going to a bar and meeting somebody can happen, but you're probably going to have a lot more traction on an app, right? So I'm not in no way saying, hey, like the, the algo sucks, so forget it. I'm saying that there's a lot that shows up when we're trying to expose ourselves to something like new experiences, right? It, and it's so different from some, maybe some of our friends who are already married or, you know, have found their partners in traditional ways because pre, pre-COVID or pre-hinge or pre-whatever, virtual dating, whatever. So we're, we're kind of figuring this out and figuring out, all right, like, how do we now understand this technology and use it and it comes with a lot of reflecting and being like okay what judgments are coming up for me when I'm on this app? everyone's been online in, in work dating everything but and I found then, that then was a huge space that you got oh to yeah work, right yeah, exactly it wasn't a dating app but everyone found people with those you know mess like you know those chats and people like just like threw people in and then you just left. Like, I was like, what? You met how? <laughs> yeah, yeah just- like back in the day, the, the, uh, people think that this this, uh, this style of chatting or dating is new, but it's so old. I mean, when, when Facebook first started, people were doing that. But even before that, there was a uh, Friendster and um, MySpace. You, you know that people were hooking up through that, like through their music? I mean, that's what you're talking about, right? Like, it's Facebook, crazy. Facebook pokes, pokes, pokes. were... <laughs> like a like on hitch like those are those you know what I mean like those are the same and then your profile picture like that's it like you're good the, the Facebook yeah. poke is the most in, in in unintentional pervy thing that I've ever seen online like yeah. let, let me call this a poke like what okay sure <laughs> <laughs> it worked well I know people that you know back in 
back in the day, right? And now it's like Snapchat, like with Gen Z, I'll, I'll hear conversations around. I'm like, how did you meet this person? Oh, it was a random ad. And I was like, what? okay, don't be judgmental. It makes sense. Like, I'm like, because I work with pri- primarily teens and adolescents, right? And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. But MSN and Facebook are all the same, like the same, you know, risks to danger. People of a certain age will understand what MSM Messenger was to them and ICQ, where you'd log in and log out and log in, log out just to get that person you were crushing on to notice yes. that you just came on and off. If I can find that sound, it will come. You find that the paradox of choice, clearly you've mentioned this in, in a couple sentences, is way worse because of the social media. Or is it just a little worse? It's just a natural progression. Well, I think this paradox of choice is not just limited to dating, right? Like we have this idea on Instagram, I have all of these friends, like I have all of these, you know, things to do. So yeah, I I think the dating has become a lot more, again, like it's a logistics that you're going to have to navigate and like self-talk and just understand that, okay, like, let's be realistic here. Let's not be in the clouds, right? Like as soon as you had the Kylie Jenner's of the world on Instagram, you think that you're subscribing to this idea of beauty that's impossible. And then to have a full-time job, you know, you can't work out 500 times and then eat what, what people eat and then be that way, right? Like it's, you, you think you can subscribe to this idea of beauty without putting in the work or without compromising and same with dating. It's like, there is, there is a contingency there. It's not going to be perfect, but I think that as you date, on the app, you'll figure out how to navigate this difficult space, right? It's, yeah, you want to be attracted to someone physically, but you also want to have a decent, like within the 15, the 30 seconds that they have your, your, um, you know, your attention, like, do they say something that also kind of hits on different different things that you enjoy right so that's why prompts are fun like I, I i'm not trashing online dating and i'm not you know i'm just kind of seems like you are i'm saying that it's important <laughs> to understand that yeah you can put all these preferences but is that engagement there right and you can i do think that you can kind of have a little bit of a taste of uh how engaging this person is by the way that they respond to you right so it's important that when you're presenting yourself on, um, for me at least, this is kind of what is helpful is just if you're talking about your passions, right? Like music is a big thing of mine. So if somebody can talk to me about my take on, you know, Kanye's best five top five albums, which is a very important thing for me. So please do not, but well, it, it's just engaging and entertaining. And then I'm more likely to be like, all right, like at least for the hour that I might go on like a date with this person, I could at least talk about you know, the, the, the conundrum that Kanye is, right. And and then it's not the worst case scenario, right. For me, (laughs) for others, it might be a nightmare, but for me, that's an afternoon, right. I feel like the tip that we've gotten, if you, if anyone's learned anything, it's that if you were going to go on a date with you, then if they have a college dropout pin, enamel pin, just right, just subtly right there, that's the way to go. That's probably the way to go. And you guys will be listening to some sweet tunes that night, obviously. Yeah. yeah what is your what is your uh, top, let's say two Al- uh, Kanye albums? Because you've mentioned it, so you probably have to dark, say that. My my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is a masterpiece, and Jesus, I would say, yeah, those two are my top two. Um, but 
I've listened to all of it except one of them, which I won't. Uh, um, but yeah, and no, I haven't subscribed to the STEM player. But no, I mean, <laughs> like, like speaking to just hey, like you need to, as cliche as this sounds, like be yourself in some way in this platform, and you have to figure out how to do that, right? And that be and and facing your own insecurities of can I present myself, you know, in this arena self-deprecatingly right don't take yourself so seriously because you're gonna have to put yourself out there if this is something that you want right um of course yeah right and if this is not for you then don't force yourself to do something you don't want and that's another thing right like you look around and you see all these people in relationships are married like i'm turning 30 soon and so for me like i'm completely no I'm excited like I was you know I'm very very excited but I've I've also spent a lot of time doing other things like I'm very passionate about my career I have a lot of other things that I enjoy traveling spending time with friends and you know I haven't actually dated a lot and so for me I almost kind of sometimes take that as an L like that's like a big L you know your currency as a South Asian female woman sometimes you got to navigate the space and be like okay, well, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I'm not anywhere near married. Um, And so you feel extra, you feel the pressure to then use these apps that to be like, all right, let me, let me, I I, got to get going. I have to have some kind of success. And so you got to figure out what you, what you want and and having fun with it will probably be your best bet. Right. Because if you're not having fun with it, you don't want to swipe. You you think even opening the app, so much anxiety you are probably not, it's not fun, right? It's not going to be fun. But if you're in a good space, you know, mentally and you're secure with yourself, I think you might do a lot better and tolerate the process a little bit better because it's a gruesome process. It's a process that's going to require you to look at yourself, compare yourself, um, put yourself out there, deal with reject, all of these things in in an hour of swiping, right? Like you are literally going through this, you know, life-changing process, right? You got to figure out, all right, all right, who am I? Like, am I successful enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I tall enough, right? Like all of this shit. You've, uh, you basically in this, not in just this rant that you went on, but in in the totality of this episode, we've now understood that uh, (laughs) um, uh, online dating is a process. Uh, You've given everyone anxiety because now they have to... (laughs) Now they have imposter syndrome just to be on the app. And uh, you've um, unwittingly given everyone a lot of tips, which is a really good thing. So, you know, my uh, toques off to you. I, I, I do think that it's, it can be that complicated and it doesn't have to be, but that's like you're saying, it's up to you. It's up to the person. And hopefully yeah. everyone is in, in, a, in the correct space, secure about themselves to be on there. Cause it's like going on a quiz show and just yeah. like showing up and then, when your ego takes a hit, can you, can your same ego take that hit? You know, right. You know what I mean? Like, can you go down that rabbit hole and be okay? And I find that a lot of people are so attached to the, to the dopamine release of, I got a match or I got a, I got one sentence out of this person that when that next hour comes is, and it disappears, they're super depressed in, in the topical way of, they're not really depressed clinically, but they're depressed, right? Because yeah. no one values it, them. It is a process. And so the, you know, and, and it's, I'm in no way an expert and I want to kind of stress that this is a stressful process for me as well. And I'm still navigating it, but it's kind of like, just, I'm kind of what has helped me is just understand 
when it's not what what the appraisal of this experience like what am I saying about myself you know how am I uh, measuring success is it how many dates I've been on or you know what am I saying about this process oh I'm never gonna find someone well that's the thought that you're going to cling on to while you're doing this. It, it might be a little bit more, a lot more challenging, not as much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if I'm not trying to make it a therapy thing, but just, just, you know, <laughs> like, just notice, just notice what you're saying to yourself and just, uh, and, and that, that there's a lot more to it. It's, there's this paradox of choice going through it. We're all, we're all there because we're looking for something. Right. So yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're saying you're not making this a, a little session here, but you know, that's why you're here. I mean, we're, you're not just some person I found on the street, like, <laughs> Hey, come talk to us about that. I mean, you come with some gravitas with your experience. Obviously that's why you're here. And that's why I'm here talking to you about this. And I think it's really good to hear this perspective because I don't think anyone thinks of therapy or mental health when they're talking about dating, right. And how they are, how secure they are putting your best foot forward. They think about like, oh, I'm, my best foot forward is choosing the best outfit and just showing up with a smile and hopefully I'm positive. But there's so much more to that. And again, we are definitely giving everyone anxiety to show up on Zoom or Teams or whatever to show up on that first date. But it shouldn't be. And hopefully that's what comes across. And I know it's not. With more, with more um, and I guess the thing transparently that I kind of am working towards personally is just, actually putting in some time to work on it right like is the, the exposure right like is actually doing going on a couple uh, dates or putting yourself out there or even accepting that hey this is this is a way that I might meet someone right or not meet someone, right and um everyone wants to meet cute cute meets meet cute story what is that yeah what is it, right I think it's and, a yeah it's a meet cute or cute meet I think it's meet cute don't yeah. remember if anyone knows what that is, it's actually um, what it comes from is when a movie is being scripted, they script when two characters are meeting and it's a it's a cute meet or me cute, whatever it is, I keep forgetting. Uh, a really good um, example of this is in uh, 22 Jump Street, I believe, uh, Channing Tatum's character meets another football player or something, and he's eating a meat sandwich and the other guy says, oh, that's cute. It's like, hey, meet cute or something. Uh, <laughs> look it up because it's a little uh, scripting nod to the audience that that's uh, that's what they call in the writer's room. That's what they call when two characters meet initially and that they call it the meet cute story or cute meet. I keep forgetting what it is, which one. But yes, uh, I'm glad you referenced that. Do you find that do you find that um, being let, let's just throw this in into this. Do you find that being a South Asian Tamil woman makes it harder to date online? um so harder than others like other like thing like um culture. I mean that's good that, that's a good context do you find it challenging and why do you yeah why would you find so it there are yeah I, I guess growing up I guess I'm, I'm of the millennial kind of um generation and so growing up you know you wanted to make sure you had your shit together right you wanted to be successful whatever that looked like and so there was this interesting thing that you internalized of not wanting to be deemed yeah as as a, as a woman right like you didn't want to be disowned right and so you were very careful with it, you know that the s word right like being a slut or being you know promiscuous and so those are all things that we've internalized as a very young age 
and also this idea of being successful. So you have to kind of have it all, do it all. So yeah, be, being a South Asian, I'm pretty sure this is true for a lot of other cultures, but I'll speak to obviously the, the yeah. one that I identify with. And so, yeah, like there are some competing priorities in terms of being the good girl, being, you know, the someone that's going to make your community and your family proud and not make you want to be disowned. So you've definitely internalized uh, these these um, ideas, right? So yeah, and, and so now as you're kind of more independent, autonomous and responsible and allowed to do whatever you want, allowed, yeah. that that kind of those 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 ideas definitely are, are harder to break out. Um, but I think our generation now has moved past it. So like idea of dating um, for females, I think has gotten better. But I think the pressure of getting married, I've seen for me, at least I don't necessarily have that um, by because of family or being a South Asian female. But I know that that's definitely something that a lot of others might say that they have justifiably like this, this idea that for you to be successful means you're married and you have kids. And I think that's a very South Asian contact or South Asian pillar for women. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you find, uh, you know, obviously you're not, you don't identify as a man. You've clearly shown what you identify as. But do you feel like there are similar or competing challenges for men that go through this too? That are uh, South Asian? Tamil? I think that I, I'm not too sure if I can speak on whether or not they feel like they can't date multiple women. Like that aspect or, or have multiple partners or like kind of like navigate dating around, um, if they feel the same, um, shame or guilt, you know, um, or if they worry as much as, for example, I do about coming off as being, um, you know, just being just, you know, the, 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 the being disowned or being a slut, like I'm putting that in air quotes, but I can say that you know, everyone wants a partner. Right. So I think yeah. that, that there are some, uh, comparables of wanting not to be single, right. Like not, but wanting to find a partner. And I've, I've seen that in, in, in the South Asian male population as well, right? Dating is also hard on their end in how to keep up with the demands that women might have. And I think you preface that a little bit by saying, hey, like dating for me being shorter or whatever, like whatever the traditional um, attractive guy is, because I don't, I don't even, I don't even know how to comment on that. I'm like, what? Man, I, I don't even know what that is anymore. You know, like, right? I don't. I don't know what that is. But I'm a hundred percent sure it's just as hard for them for different reasons. But I don't think it's the oh shit, mom's gonna call me a slut. Like I don't. I don't yeah. think that that's what they're worried about. But I do think that they do worry about being good enough for women. With because the paradox of choice means that we also then have these expectations. And 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 for me. I, I think that it's important to check yourself and be like, hey, like, is that an expectation that's justified, right? Like, is that something that, you know, like this, we can talk about who pays and, you know, what they have to look like and they have to open doors and shit like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I do think that we do set it up. Well, they need to do all of the work and text me first and ask for my number. All of that shit, I have no idea because I'm a newbie to dating in, and I'm okay with that, but I'm saying that these, I'm very shocked when I hear, um, and I'm not gonna make it a gender thing, but females 
for example, yeah, might they, hey, like the guy has to text first. They have to do all of this first. And I was like, mm, are you interested? In, do you want this at all? Like, do you want this? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's easier for guys to meet our standards, right? In terms of, and I don't want to be general. I don't want to generalize this. And I don't want to say everyone. Well, it's hard. It's hard to not it be general because uh, one, you don't speak for every woman out there no, for, or no. every double woman out there. Of course, no, no, you no, speak no. for yourself. And I find that a lot of the, because um, maybe you identify in a certain way, you can't speak for anyone who's in between those identities, right? Like yeah. somewhere else. Like I, I can only speak for, uh, a Tamil straight cis man, right? Like all, like that's all I can speak for. I can't generalize other things. I mean, I can speak about it, but then it, it you know, take it for a grain of, with a grain of salt, right? It's not gonna yeah. matter. And I just want to throw that out there in case anyone thinks, oh, they're only just talking about heteronormative uh, fiascos here. So just wanted to throw that out there. But I, I, it is interesting, like for men, we, we go through this uh, masculinity thing, right? Like that if we're too uh, nice, are, are we handing out our man card, you know, that traditional man card? And I think that because of the misogyny, the traditional misogyny that has been in our culture for a long time, um, we feel like, do we, do we need to kind of dip into that a little bit to show that we're a man? Mm. Or do we, do we go all the way on the other side and show that we're a little more respectful, a little more equal in every way? So I don't have to text first or you don't have to do this and I don't have to do this. And then it, it's so hard for us to, to figure out what that is. And it seems like the general answer is just treat everyone like you treat yourself, like you treat a friend. And then you're, you're, you're shown that not being a man in that sense can make you finish last. Nice guys finish last, right? So that's what I think a lot of traditional men go through. And that, again, I can only speak for myself. And that's our challenge. And obviously, uh, you know, going back to Kylie Jenner and all that stuff, the body image stuff is, is tough too. I was just going to say, because... well, we're up against the Kylie Jenners of the world, so. Well, I, I, I will say this though. Uh, if it, Let's put the classic beach scene. Everyone wants the beach body, whatever that is. So for a classic man, when you go to the beach, a lot of the times we romanticize the, uh, the idea of being a buff dude, right? Like being tough, having the biceps, you know, that anyone would be proud of. But if you're just, uh, you know, just a skinny fat dad bod dude, you're like, uh, I don't want to take off this top. It's it, There is a similar battle that we have that uh, is traditionally put on uh, women. No, and, and that's fair. And, and all I'm saying is, yeah, so the, I don't want to say that we have it bad and again yeah, yeah. gender like female like I think that there's it, it's comp I think that, that we all have this weird dynamic that we've all created in terms of expectations right we want the Cinderella we like we can we subscribe to the Cinderella story the princess stories and then we also subscribe to you know no, 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 independent and all of this stuff. And it's just, I would just encourage you to think about what respect looks like. So if somebody texts you, do you text them back? Yeah, right? Because you gave out your number. Just, you know, think about it and how do you want to be treated, right? Like, do you want this? Like, I, I have to catch myself too when I'm, you know, you know, entertaining these, like, these games. I'm like, we, no, I'm way too old for this shit. Like I'm not doing this shit. I, I love my time. I respect my time and I'm going to extend the same courtesy to other people and I'm not playing this game shit. Right. And I was, 
No. I, I would love to see a screenshot from how you end some of these conversations because I think everyone knows what it is. Do you want this? All caps. And then you show, <laughs> it, and then you show a ghost emoji because you're you're out, right? Like okay. I'm pretty sure that's what's happening at the end of these conversations if they're not working. I mean, Do I would you want this. But I would encourage you to just be respectful of your time, right? Like, it, do you want to play? Do you want to suffer? <laughs> like, like, yo, do, do you want to waste your time? Because I like my time a lot. I love what I do. I am so enthusiastic about the different domains of my life. If this is going to take longer than it needs to because I'm sitting here like trying to look cool, that's taking away from other shit that I want to do. So that's how I look at it. It's kind of like, I like my time. I really like being. Shout out. To, and can you tell I'm a Kanye? <laughs> like, <laughs> Again, uh, we've learned some very specific things from you, right? And one of them is the Kanye factor. Um, I guess I'll kind of end this off by asking, how do you feel about Kanye's exploits recently? I think that it's very complicated, just like dating. <laughs> I think that I think if anyone has watched the Genius documentary, I think that anyone that's a Kanye fan just knows that this is this was Kanye all along, and that without this, that without this this side of Kanye, we wouldn't have gotten college dropout. We wouldn't have gotten the Kanye that walked into Rockefeller and said, "Yo, you're on the phone. It doesn't matter. Get off. I'm playing you this." And it and it ended up being all falls down, right? Like, I'm just gonna say that, right? Kanye is it has different kind of sides in him, and we just only see a specific side. But this was him all along. So that's what I feel about Kanye. It's very much more complicated than that, and I would encourage you to do your own research. <laughs> Love the disclaimer at the end, because if anyone has ever met a Kanye apologist, I think you see one right now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. That, yes, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> I have no stance on this, right? I mean, I, I love Kanye as a producer more than he is a, as an artist. Uh, like when he collaborates more with other artists and he's in the background, I think the sounds he can create are great and, you, you and watch the documentary okay because I, I don't need to I don't need to waste my time with that but yeah. I think uh, I think my final question for that is can you separate someone's talent from who they are as a person it, I wish you because I was just like I, I was gonna open gotcha. up with, I think Kanye's the only person that I make that exception for where I separate like music from whatever but then that's why I went into saying yo like this was Kanye all along I guess I accept him for who he is because him dancing on tables telling Jay-Z that I'm the best rapper alive without dropping a track was Kanye pre-college dropout. So yeah, exactly. I think I've accepted the the ego and you know the drive. So yeah, I think you can't I can't separate. I sh I don't think I can say that I separating it is something that you can't really do. You accept them for who they are and what they stand for. And I guess this is me. Accepting Kanye West. <laughs> I love the P. I love the PSA here. Um, I only ask that because there is that topic of can like can you separate uh, someone's merit from who they are as a person, someone's talent. You got the uh, you got the obvious R. Kelly stuff. You got the Michael Jackson stuff. You got any yeah. other celebrity that you put in a position in your brain on in a pe on a pedestal, and then mm -hmm. what they do off the field, off the court, off the acting set, right? So there's a lot of that. And that's a, that's a conversation for another day. And yeah, yeah, no. I really just want to, uh, sorry to cut you off. I just really wanted to thank you for bringing your perspective. Uh, although maybe not unique, it's not something many people might have heard before.
Thanks. Well, thank you for having me. And this is fun. This is a good conversation.